ladies and gentlemen and children of specified ages, welcome back to Mental Not Mental. I hope the show finds you in good spirits and even greater health. Today is the last episode of the mini-series talking about myself, and I'm super excited because one, I'm really tired of deep diving emotionally into my mind, but two, there are new and exciting things on the horizon, and I'm very excited to share them with you. But I'm not going to delay this. We're just going to hop right back into it and get into episode five of this mini-series about yours truly. Now, so far, we've talked about what it feels like to be isolated. Um, We've talked about what it's like to be vulnerable and to and how that vulnerability really stays with you no matter how much time has passed, whether it's you know, two days, two weeks, two years, 20 years, whatever the case may be. We talked about my lessons learned from my trial and errors of relationships and the high regard to which I hold women, particularly women of color. We've talked about family and how the definition has changed over time as my values have grown as I have. And today, I want to talk to you briefly about something that's very important to me and why I saved it for the last episode. So a lot of the things that I've gone over so far, a lot of the things that I've discussed, the reason I've discussed these things is because, well, actually, it's for a couple reasons. One, they're very important events to me. Um, They are emotional pillars in my life that I feel like have greatly shaped who I have become. Another reason is because it opens the door for conversation. I am not the only person on earth who has been through what I've been through, and I won't be the only person who will go through what I've gone through. And if I can talk about my inner demons to help somebody else with their inner war, their inner battle battles that they're dealing with, then I won't hesitate to do that. Um, if I can be an open book for someone and they read a chapter and learn something, then hey, I've, I've done my job. Um, but the, the main reason I shared all these things is to highlight and to illustrate the best way I can that none of these situations, problems, issues that I've grown from had anything, anything at all to do with color. Maybe with the exception of the first episode because I was really hammering home what it was like to be the only black person in given situations. But even if you take color out of that, these fish out of water scenarios that we run into every day, that makes it even more relatable. Um, Now, the reason I shared all these things was because it was important to me to highlight that these are human problems, okay? These are not black people problems. These are human problems. But the reason I wanted to highlight them is because I want you to imagine 48 million Americans dealing with human problems, just like everyone else in the world. But on top of those human problems, they have to deal with racism and prejudice and stereotypes and just a system, a country, a culture that benefited off of their hard work, was not recognized for that hard work. And generations down the road are having the finger pointed at them like they are the problem. Like we are the problem. Now, the final thing I wanted to talk about 
was my adoption. For those of you who don't know, in 2003, October 18th, I was adopted by my parents. I don't know if they want me to say their names, so I'm not going to, but I was adopted, brought in by my mom and dad. It was a monumental event in my life that shifted my entire dynamic mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, all of the lees. <laughs> um, and I knew I wanted to save it for the final episode because everything that I've talked about leading up to this point, and I know I wanted to save it for the last episode because this, by the way, I will say this is an unscripted episode. So I have talking points, but all of this is from the heart. I know I wanted to save this for the last episode because it's the most important thing that's happened to me in my life. Without my parents bringing me in, I never would have had the greatest gift given to me. And that's really opportunity of fighting chance. Another reason, and I guess a uh, sixth reason, if you, if you will, that I talked about all the things that I talked about is because all of those things don't happen without me being adopted. If my parents never brought me in, I probably would have still been sailing the ship guided by anger, hate, uh, resentment, like all of those synonyms, all of those guys group them together, put them on the ship, it would have been guided by those emotions. And I know that. I know that for a fact because even when my parents adopted me, it wasn't until three or four years later that I finally decided to not have anger be my coach. So the sixth and final reason that I'm talking about adoption, and I've talked about all of these things, is because much how I was given an opportunity, and it's not an opportunity like all the cards were, were laid out and I just have to do A, B, C, and D, and everything will be good. No, the opportunity was there, but it was still on me. It was still my responsibility to make the most of it. That is all black people need. All we need is an equal opportunity. Because here's the thing. The black culture works hard. We will fight. We will scrape. We will hustle. We will do what we need to do to get shit done. And I think the idea of giving black people an equal opportunity is scary to our country as a whole because it is so known and recognized that when black people come together, real change comes about. And honestly, it may be a scary thing to some people, but don't let that fear guide your ship anymore, man. Just like anger was guiding mine, don't let fear guide yours. You present black people with an opportunity just like you should any other person of any other race an equal opportunity and leave it on them, their sole responsibility to make the most of it, then you've done your job at the end of the day. That's really what it's all about. I want the stories that I've shared to be a miniature blueprint for black Americans. What do I mean by this? As I've just highlighted, the things that I've talked about were important to me and my growth because of the opportunity I was given. Let us work towards giving everyone an equal opportunity to succeed and their success and failure is solely based on the hard work 
that they put in. I, to me, it makes sense. And I don't know why we weren't doing this shit from the beginning. We look back on the past so as to not repeat our mistakes. But I'll do you one better. Don't look back at the past to simply learn from your mistakes, okay? Look back at the path you've paved to ensure its foundation is built on truth, equality, and integrity. Only then will true change come about. That is not a quote. That's just straight from my brain. But I really believe it to be true. Everybody, yeah, of course, look back at your mistakes, man. I, I, I learned from my mistakes. I learned from my mistakes. Cool. That's good. That's good. Always learn from your mistakes. That's true. That is very, very good. But also look back at your past and make sure that all these mistakes that you're making and learning from are truly lessons meant to be taken in. I'm not going to get too preachy. I know I say that a lot because I, I tend to go overboard. You know, I, I, like to, I like to illustrate. I like to make sure you got a, a clear picture. And I can't paint worth a damn, but I can draw, though. I can draw. Now, on to the exciting stuff. I'm excited to announce that this episode is the last episode of season one. Woohoo! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this is going to be the end of Mental Not Mental in its current format. Now, the show's not going anywhere, but the entire format of the show is going to change. And here's why. When I started this show, I really wanted three things to happen. I wanted this to be a space for people to come and talk about their mental health, the mental scars, wounds, and bruises people accumulate over time, how they deal with them, how they cope, and let's just talk about it to, to, to help you out, but also to, to, to help others who listen, who've gone through something similar, and who can relate, and who we can eventually help. And then the second thing I wanted to do for the show is to educate, educate my black people, educate my non-black people, um, on what it's really like to just be black, man. And the third thing I wanted to do is have fun. Now, when I started the show, I, I just knew I had to get it out there. I had to get it out there. I was going to figure out the format later. And you can see that from the episodes. I've, I've switched it up uh, a number of times. But here's why I'm excited. I had an epiphany at work, and I'm really excited for this format, and I think it's going to work well. This new format allows me to do all three of those things. Allows me to have fun, allows me to educate, and allows me to talk about mental health. Now, the way I'd like to do this and like to present this to you all is really, really cool. Now, the inspiration for this idea comes from the YouTube channel uh, called Audit and Audit. And it's a guy who looks at um, police interactions and how you know, what went wrong and how the police could have done better. But then he also looks at the laws of the state and if they're operating in the laws, uh, within the laws and educating the people on the laws that and the rights that they do have, depending on the state that they're in. And I, it's just really, really interesting and fun to watch because there's nothing more satisfying than being armed with information when someone is trying to do you wrong. So to bring that into our bubble, to bring that into the realm of mental, not mental, what I'd like to do is look at either open or closed cases and first 
we'll go over the details. We'll, we'll look at the who, we'll look at the where, and we'll look at the situation. What was the outcome? Next, we'll look at how the officer handled the situation and then how the officer could have handled it better. We'll look at the bystander or the victim, what they did, how they could have handled it better. Then we'll look at what laws come into play pertaining to that particular situation. And then from there, I think it'll really, one, have us talk about how those situations take the mental toll, um, what effects and side effects can come from being in those situations constantly, or even just once. It gives us a chance to learn about different laws, new laws of the state. You know, one law, uh, one state may have this law and another state may not. May not. And also, it is really, and I know this may sound weird, but it's fun. It's fun to look at these things, not because, you know, hey, other people's pain is awesome. But it's fun because you're learning new things. Not only that, you're also arming yourself with information so that if you are in that situation, whether you're white or black or another race, you have uh, reference information like, hey, I know someone was in this sim similar situation in this state. This is how it was handled. Here's what I can do better. You know, here's how I can everyone gets out of this safely in my situation. So, you know me, I like to over explain. I like to make sure things make sense. Let me give you an example. Let's take Ahmad Aubrey's case. For those of you who are unfamiliar, he's the 25-year-old uh, African-American who was killed in Georgia after two white men, a father and son duo, believed him to be involved in some robberies that were going on around their neighborhood. They followed him, uh, Ahmad, and ended up killing him. Well, there weren't any arrests at first because they uh, pleaded the citizen's arrest law. Now, in Georgia, uh, there is a law called citizen's arrest. It's not just a Hollywood thing. It is an actual real thing. What it allows citizens to do is put other citizens under arrest if something unlawful is happening. And I think there are some parameters around that. It has to be like a felony or higher or some something like that. I don't I don't know the full details of that, so I don't want to speculate too much. But essentially the law allows for a citizen to hold another citizen for up to 48 hours until law enforcement can get there. Now, why in the hell would a state of any kind have a law like that? Citizens arrest. We police officers have to go through months and months and months of training just to get the job and you're telling me some random citizen all of a sudden has the same power to just arrest why is that so let's look at the origin of this uh citizens arrest law oh look at that when we look into it we see it was implemented and you know put into effect in 1863 does that time period sound familiar to anyone yeah that's called the height of american racism dude so this law, the citizen's arrest law in the state of Georgia that was implemented in 1863 was originally meant to keep slaves from running away. So if an escaped, a runaway slave, escaped slave, or just a slave in general, was trying to run to the north 
towards the Union where slavery wasn't as bad, it still existed, but like they, they had a little bit more rights. If someone was trying to escape, a white citizen could see this and say, hey, I'm putting you under citizen's arrest. Hold them for up to 48 hours until law enforcement can get there. Now, when America decided to change its tactic and evolve from blatant racism to subtle racism, the law was just never revisited because it didn't come into effect. But when does it come into effect? Oh, yeah, when a black life is lost, of course. So now I will say, I will say, not all is bad because now the law is being looked at and it should be appealed. It should be appealed. Come soon. But... This is America, so we know how things work, so we'll see. But that's that's an example, okay? If we didn't know anything about Ahmad's case, we'd look at him, we'd look at the people involved, we'd look at the details of the case so far, we'd see what was done, what could have been done better on both sides of, uh, of the bridge, and really go from there. And then, and then we'd look into the legal side of things like I just you know discussed with the... Uh, citizens arrest law. So that's just an example of how it is. Uh, I think this format is going to bring much needed discussion, but productive discussion, because you can bring, you know, the most powerful people in the world in a room, and they can discuss anything. But if the conversations, you know, not progressing and not going anywhere, if there's no, if there's no end goal to the conversation, then you're just talking just to talk. And I don't want this show to just be a show that's talk just to talk. I eventually want real change to be implemented and we got to start somewhere. So first, let's start by educating ourselves. So I think this format's going to be really, really fun. Um, I think it's going to be educational and I think it's going to give us an opportunity to talk um, about the real stuff, about the real stuff. Now, the second exciting thing that I wanted to announce, talk to you about is a service called Squadcast. Now, one thing that the PAMIC has done for obviously everyone is isolated us we have less interaction less regular interaction um as we're used to so what squadcast is it's a service that allows people who want to be potential guests on the show to actually schedule when they'd like to be interviewed so to give you an example let's say um i don't know let's say i have one of my best friends wants to be interviewed on the show they say, hey, they hit me up like, dude, Marquise, I want to be on your show. Everything looks great. I'd love to talk about this, that, and the third. I'd be all like, okay, cool. I'm going to send you my squad cast link. You click on the link. It opens a calendar, and it has all these empty slots. And all these empty slots are all of my free time slots to interview people for the show. So what Squadcast basically allows you to do is to schedule your own interview. Why is this really, really great? Because of the pandemic, obviously, I can't just go travel everywhere and go see everyone that I want to interview for the show. Everyone that I've had on the show so far, I have already had contact with through the pandemic. So we all know that we're happy, healthy, have been around these people. No new germs were exposed. But the more and more people that I interview, the more and more likely new germs are going to be introduced. And I don't want to bring that back into my home. So that's the other opportunity that Squadcast presents. So let me explain it as if you want to come on the show. So you, listener, how you doing? Say you want to come on the show. You say, hey, Marquise, I'd like to come on the show. I'm going to send you the Squadcast link. You're going to click on it. You're going to see my calendar. 
you're going to choose Tuesday at 9 a.m., right? I want to say it's, deep by default, it's set to 30 minutes, but I'm pretty sure I can set it to a day or whatever the interval. But 30 minutes prior to your interview time, you'll get an email or notification, however you have set up on your phone or whatever, and it will say, hey, your interview's coming up with on Mental Not Mental Podcast, right? So then when come time for the interview, all you have to do is log on to a computer or phone or whatever, um, click on that link, and it'll automatically put you in a phone call with me. Now, if you have a web camera um, and you have your video turned on, it'll be like a, a, like a Skype phone call. Um, if you don't have a camera, that is totally fine. You can still do the phone call, and it'll just be like us talking on over Skype or Zoom or whatever, just with no video. Um, now, there's a lot of cool features on the creator side of things um, that allow uh, for easier editing and uploading and all these cool features for me, uh, but that doesn't involve you. What does involve you, and the most exciting part, is this opens the door for me to interview people that one, I can't get to, and two, I don't wanna get to because there's a pandemic going on. It also still allows me to get new voices in here. You know, I don't want my voice to become the monotonous voice of the week. Every Wednesday, all I hear is Marquise blabbing on about something, being black, it's cool, and you know, they have chocolate chip cookies, whatever the case may be. I don't want you to get bored of that format. So. Squadcast will really allow me to interview people, uh, really, whenever they see fit, whatever's best for them. So it's really, really exciting. Um, you'll see that link go up uh, probably shortly after I upload the show, actually. So you'll have the link as reference and everything. And the other great thing about Squadcast is you don't need to create an account. So all you have to do is really be there and talk to me. Like, talk to me, please. I'm needy. So... Um, it's really, it's really, really cool. It's called Squadcast. You don't have to look into it at all. It's just something I wanted to announce because when I start using the service, I don't want you to be like, hey, yo, bruh, fuck is this? So that's what Squadcast is. I'm excited to use it. I'm excited for it to be implemented into the show. And I'm just, I'm just excited in general, man. I'm excited for this new format of the show. Um, other than that, I think that's really everything i had for you today um this is it this is the end say bye bye season one say hello season two. Oh, uh these are kind of some sidebars just some little baby announcements that i want to make uh the sound quality of the show is going to bump up tremendously by next episode i got a lot of uh cool gear and equipment coming in and i can not wait to set it up it's going to be awesome so i'm hoping that the uh audio quality uh, remains crisp throughout the uh transition from old equipment to new equipment i also have i'm pretty sure i have my mobile podcasting uh set up so when i can't do the squad cast or you know there's someone i i, I just got to interview here now i have all that stuff ready to go um, so it's really, the name of the game is versatility, you know, my ideal world, I would love to have people over in my home studio, uh, talking, laughing for hours and just doing a great interview. Uh, but until the world goes back to being normal or hopefully the new normal as, <laughs> as we implement some change here, 
until that happens, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to bend with the wave. We're going to have to adjust with the tide. We am trying to say something profound, but it's not coming out that way. We're basically just gonna have to adjust. So, but they're fun adjustments. I think so. Do you think so? As he paused dramatically, waiting for a response from someone who's not gonna answer because he's talking into a microphone. Okay. Well, that's all I have. This is, I don't even know how long this episode is. It feels shorter. I feel like I haven't been talking for 45 minutes. But that's it, man. This is the end. Bye-bye season one. Hello season two. Hello squad cast. Hello new format. And yeah, it's been a pleasure. This show has been brought to you by yours truly. I'm your host, Marquis Sam. I don't know why I'm telling you these things because you already know these things. Well, now I'm just rambling for the sake of rambling, so I'm going to go now. You have a fantabulous day, evening, afternoon, day, yes, do it. Do the things, be great.